Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, if you've been listening to Lunchtime Live all week this week uh, on the show, we've been talking about how treatment for cocaine use among young Irish people has increased by 171% between 2011 and 2019. Yesterday on the programme, we spoke to uh, a mother called Sally, who really, it was a hard... It's a very disturbing story, actually, about her son and how he is just... Um, a, a pathetic drug addict is how his own mother described him. Now, this is addiction to cocaine. And uh, she you can find that, by the way, in our podcast section at Newstalk.com if you want to listen back to it. But the report this week from the Health Research Board found that Ireland now has the second highest proportion of cocaine use in Europe of 15 to 24 year olds. Uh, which is really startling, the second highest proportion in Europe. So we've been dealing with this all week. There's been a huge reaction to it. And uh, Dean joins me uh, on the line from Sligo. Um, Dean, is uh, addiction is something that you're very glad we're talking about. Why is that? Because it's just, there's not enough people talking about it, Adrian. You know, and people are trying to get clean all over the world and you know, people's perception, some people's perception of it is, oh, he's a drug addict, or, or he's an ex-drug taker. You know, it's, it needs to be brought to light more. So you tell know, me how, how bad itself. your problem was. You um, were using cocaine from the age of 18 yeah. up until yeah. uh, the age of 30. 40. You're 34 now. How bad did yeah. it get? Adrian, it got, it got so bad that I, I woke up crying, not wanting to, not wanting to live anymore. You know, I lost my family members, I lost my kids from my life. Not, nobody wanted to be around me, you know, and I couldn't see why. You know, I couldn't see the damage I was bringing on top of them. Because, uh, I, I, you know, and now today I, I realise the damage I've done. You know, I, I was a shell of a person. I, I just wanted to take drugs. You know, I would have gone through any family member, any friend to get me drugs and... You know, I thought that was okay. Cocaine as a drug has a very different reputation to a drug like uh, heroin because heroin is seen as a drug that you become completely strung out and your life uh, completely unravels. Cocaine doesn't have that sort of image. But the one thing that has shocked me yesterday and today is that it actually can be just as devastating as uh, heroin. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, no, no matter what drug it is, no matter whether it's whether it's cannabis even, you know, one of the other drugs that people say, ah, it's, it's, only, it's only a bit of weed, that can be just as bad as heroin because, you know, there's people out, there's people out robbing to buy weed just as they are to, to buy heroin, you know? So at what point did you realise... This has to stop. Was it the help of, of family members or was it something you decided yourself? It was It was over the years. You know, my me, me family always tried with me and friends always tried with me. And I said, yeah, I'm going to get help. I'm going to stop. You know, and, and my body and my mind just, just wouldn't allow me. You know, and things happened over the years as well that, that traumatised me that I, I felt, ah, uh, what's the point? You know, I, I lost two mates to 
to uh, a mistaken identity shooting in Dublin. And one of them was like really, really close. And it just it rocked me like, you know, it really, really shocked me and really hurt me like, you know, and I, I didn't think I could ever come back from that. So that was but, your rock bottom, if you like, uh, and the that impact was, that that, that, that shooting had on you. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one of the biggest ones. So it was at that point that you thought, I have to deal with this. I have to get off these drugs. I have to completely change my life. At first I was, you know, but then I went deeper into addiction and I was taking more cocaine and, and other drugs were as well, but cocaine would have been the main one. And I just, I, I didn't see light. You know, I, I could see no light and I just, I didn't want to be alive anymore. I, I just wanted to die, but I, I didn't want to put that on my family. You know, my head was, my head was just completely gone. Now, you're listening to us and living in uh, Sligo, and that clearly isn't yeah. a uh, Sligo accent. <laughs> so you no, move, you no. moved from uh, from Dublin uh, to Sligo. Was that yeah. part of you getting better, if you like? Uh, yeah, I was, Adrian. I was, I was coming to Sligo, but I was, I was still taking cocaine, you know. And I, uh, I had met this fella that I was also using using cocaine with. You know, but then about six, eight months later, I met him again, you know, and by this time I was homeless. And uh, he called me into his house and I was having a chat with him. And I was looking around his house, Adrian, and his house was spotless clean and he had lovely clothes on him. And, you know, we never forget this little party. He had an ashtray on the table and I was making a cigarette. And uh, he, he said, oh, hang on, I'll get that for you. And, you know, we emptied one boat out of the ashtray into the and wiped the ashtray with a cloth. And I was like, what is going on here? You know, it was just crazy. And then he proceeded to tell me about Narcotics Anonymous and that I have an addiction. You know, we have the disease of addiction. I couldn't understand. I started to understand. But that's what's wrong with me. You know, for years and years, I didn't know what was wrong with me. And he proceeded to tell me that he'd just been, out, he'd just been in treatment. He was going to Narcotics Anonymous meetings. And, you know, he, he put me up in, in his flat. And told me that I didn't have to move out at this time or that time. He just put me up, and that was it. You know, and I, I couldn't believe the kindness he was after showing to me. And from there, you started attending uh, NA meetings yourself. Yeah, yeah. I started. I, I started. I went to my first NA meeting on a Wednesday night in Sligo, and you know, I, for the first time in my life, I listened because I knew my way didn't work anymore. You know, I tried my way for years and years, and it didn't work. It simply did not work anymore. So then I liked it so much that I went to another meeting then on the Thursday night in Adra. And uh, I went from there, you know, I, I met these wonderful people that, you know, kept telling me, oh, keep coming back, you know, keep coming back to the meeting. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. Still, I thought, oh, I know, this, this is all. These don't really mean this and all, but they really did, like, you know, they really helped me. Now that was uh, almost four years ago, and yeah. you're clean the last almost four years. Yeah, yeah, three Fantastic. years, eight months, and two days. Oh right, you literally have it down to the to the minute. Um, yeah. So you're in a much better place now. So how is life in in Sligo now? Adrian, it's it's a it's a full turnaround. Like like some people have have no idea of of the life I used to live to 
the life I live today, you know. I I I met a woman soon after I got clean and uh we got together, we got engaged really quick, you know, and, and we got married around the year. You know, and and life has just been amazing, like you know, life has been really, really amazing. I I I stay away from I stay away from, you know, people, places and things that, that trigger me. Because that's that's the big problem I found when I was when I was in Dublin. The big problem I found was, you know, I was I was I went to treatment years ago for three or four weeks, but I came back and I came back to the to the same setting. You know, I came back to the same people, places and things. You know, and I'm not and, 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 and we heard this here. on the program yesterday that if you allow that to happen to you, then you slip back into that uh, old routine yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Because let me let me ask you, Dean, just before I let you go, um, mm. you're in a much better place now. Nearly four years clean, living in yeah. Sligo, away from Dublin, away from the whole scene in Dublin. Um, yeah. For somebody listening to us right now who is a cocaine user, sees it as a harmless party drug uh, that isn't addictive and isn't going to impact on their lives, what do you say to that person? You know, uh, talk to your family. You know, uh, are you re- this is a really touching subject because, you know, in the meetings, we, we, have, uh, we have a little a piece of paper that we'd read out before the meeting, you know, and I'd say, I think of the stilts of fanatics, both inside and outside the rooms, you know, and when people come into our meetings at first, you know, they, they get a great welcome because we know where they're after being, you know, people don't have, like, they're out there dealing with this alone, you know, whereas I'm not alone anymore, you know, I'm never alone, you know, so I'd, I'd say to, you know, come and come to an NA meeting, you know, find out for yourself that, that you can get help, you can stop using cocaine. Well, Dean, I don't know you from Adam, but I feel just talking to you that you are in a much better place in your life now, which is fantastic yeah, to hear. Yeah, I could not believe it. Thanks very much, Adrian. Yeah, it's, it's a full turnaround. Like, you know, you, you wouldn't think it by looking at me of the, the life I lived, you know, and, and some people still can't believe it. Some people don't. You know, some people are still at the same crack. You know, be, probably because they can't believe it, you know, and then probably as well because they just, just don't know that I actually turned, turned my life around because mm. I was so gone for so long. Like. Well, Dean, look, I, w- I wish you the very best and I really appreciate you talking to us on News Talk this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, any time, Adrian, I'd, I'd always be available because, as I said, you know, I, I want to help. I want to do what was done for me. All right. Again, thanks very much indeed, uh, Dean. Now, I want to go to uh, Ackle Island, just down from uh, Sligo, where... Another Dublin man moved to get away from Dublin, moved to Ackle Island to basically reinvent himself. And his name is uh, is Richie. Richie, we're listening to uh, Dean's story there. And your story isn't uh, that dissimilar. Tell me a little bit about your addiction. Adrian, thanks very much for that. And, and firstly, just I'd like to commend uh, Dean there on, on what he spoke about. Um, it's, it's not different at all. It's very, very similar. The one thing about addiction is it does not discriminate. Um, I know for, for me, for the longest time, or certainly before I realized uh, the full extent of addiction, what it was about, I used, and, I, and I started going to meetings, I used to, I had this image in my head, and, and the lady that was on yesterday kind of spoke about it, and, and, and I think Sally, or the woman from Asheree was talking about it. We have this kind of, the, the stigma that's attached to addiction, 
For me, I used to think that an addict was this person with a drawn-in face that hung around the streets and was homeless and mm. all that sort of stuff, or the alcoholic was the man on the bench with a the, with the bottle in a, in a paper bag. It's not at all. Well, like, that's our perception of it. Um, but for me, I mean, like, I, 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 I've been dabbling in drugs for, for many, many years. I'm 46 years of age now. And I crossed that invisible line a long, long time ago. Um, and I've been in several treatment centres. Fortunately, you know, I've, my family have had the means to, to help support me in that. And we had insurance. And I went into these treatment centres and um, I just didn't want to be there. I wasn't ready. At any point, I wasn't ready. Um, where my addiction brought me was for somebody who has this, um, I've, I've a great social ability, always had. But there was a massive insecurity behind all of that. Okay, so, so um, from the outside uh, looking in, some people would have thought you'd a great life. Absolutely. On paper, Adrian, I had a phenomenal life. But what was really going in, on inside behind all of that was fear. There was uh, like massive insecurity, very, very much self-centered. At times, I could have low self-esteem. But I also, I always had this ability that I can present myself to the world and make it look like picture perfect. Mm. Everything was great. Uh, but there was always that kind of little bit of brokenness behind that. Okay, so t- t- tell me about the addiction you were living with all that while. You were um, a cocaine user. Were you a, a heavy-duty cocaine user? Ultimately, towards the end, absolutely. What started off on a kind of a social level was great, and it was kind of, it was the done thing. It was it was everywhere. I mean, people talk about how accessible it is today. It's always been very, very accessible. And um, it was just kind of part of the scene. But as people kind of describe it, or people think that it's, you know, it's not a bad drug, it's a social drug and all that. It's a social drug until the point that it's not. And, 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 and where is that point? I, As I mentioned uh, yesterday on the programme, I'd always associated heroin with, a, as you said, that, that drug addict um, on the streets, down and out, and uh, mm. life has completely fallen apart. And then I heard stories yesterday um, of cocaine addicts telling almost identical stories to, to that of a heroin addict. At what point do you reach that level, that, that, that the addiction is that severe? So for me, there was like there was moments of because I, I always had really, really good family support and uh, they fought harder than I ever did. Um, I had friends that fought harder than I ever did. And then slowly but surely, when you see people kind of starting to distance, distance themselves from me, what I did is I changed my circle of friends and, and they weren't even the friends. They were people that used like me. Mm. So I felt that I fit in with that. I progressively got worse. In very short periods of time, it's a very expensive habit to have, um, you know, but it was always, basically where it led me was being the social guy that would go out anywhere and have a huge group of friends to then being totally isolated in a house on my own. Now, I was fortunate that I had a house. My family had to put a charge on it for fear that I might sell it. And that's the capabilities of of addiction. Um, But ultimately, what that looked like was I was literally horizontal on a couch. Uh, I, the only time I would leave the house was if I could manipulate, steal, or, or try and build up credit with a dealer, um, and it was to go and get drugs. And I would walk through anybody to get to that. But I, once I had that, then I had to return back into that that kind of safe comfort zone for me, uh, as horrible as it sounds, but that's where I felt safe in my own head and would continue to use. Um Ultimately, where it brought me two years ago was I was just absolutely broken. I was physically broken. Um, 
I still know, I know today that in my head or in my mind, I still had that one more go at it. Mm. And, uh, but I was like, there was a, there was a vacuum in, in my living room and I was looking at the flex hanging out of the vacuum and I just thought, you know what, the easiest way out of this for me and for everyone is to wrap that around my neck and hang myself. And I... And, uh, happily, you didn't. Thank um, God I, Thank yeah, God you didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. So take me to where you are now. What was the the point at which you said enough is enough? So basically what it was, as I said, my, it, there was a physicality in my body where I just, I was absolutely done. My, my, I still had that addictive thinking and that, that addictive brain. And it was, I, you can call, I know what to call it. I'm not going to mention it on air. But it was literally, there was a divine intervention because I was so attracted to that effect. And then a guy walked in the door of my house. He's a family friend. And he just said, Richie, you need help. Now, I sat there and I said, I'm not going back to treatment. I was in five treatment centers. Now, treatment centers do work. They don't get you sober. The program of recovery, Dean is in one program. I'm in, I'm in a similar fellowship. It's the program of recovery. It's the work that you do when you get out of the treatment center. But I had said to myself, I'm not going back to treatment. I've been in five. One I was in 13 months in the States. Again, thankfully, my family had the means to do that. Um, and he just said, listen, I have, a, I have an idea that might work for you. And he had a friend who had a house in Ackle Island who was in recovery and is studying to be a psychotherapist. And I didn't know this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he opened up his house to me and he allowed me to come down. So bearing in mind, I was on my own, in my own house, pretty much like solidly for a year um, afraid of I was afraid to put my bins out I was absolutely terrified to open my front door and walk out and put the bins put the bins in, in the trash area but so ultimately this guy came in and he offered me this opportunity and I went down to Ackle on the 5th of November 2020 it was lockdown it was winter it was dark now when I arrived onto the island I'm thinking where in the name of God am I like this place looked like something out of a Star Wars movie. But ultimately what it did for me was I just felt safe. For the first time in my life, I actually felt safe. And the guy that I was with, he just gave me all the space that I needed to come, for the dust to settle and, and to come around. He wasn't in my face. He wasn't giving me this whole counseling experience or anything like that. I just felt really, really safe for the first time. And then from being terrified or paranoid to leave my front door in Dublin to be able to go for a walk and not meet anybody and slowly but surely start to lift my head and genuinely mean this started to kind of notice nature and go this isn't a bad place Mm. and when you can start to take that breath again and feel safe I had people that rallied around me that are in a fellowship that I'm in and, you know, they guided me through it. Um, and we it, were... it, it, you sound, uh, again, yeah. as with uh, Dean before, you you sound like you're in a, a, a much better place in your life now, which is fantastic. And we're going to be talking in a couple of minutes about uh, staycations versus uh, holidaying abroad. And the one place I was going to speak about uh, is a place I discovered last year for the very first time, and that was Ackle Island. It's the Absolutely. most magical place uh, in Ireland. It really is. It's amazing. Richie, I wish you nothing but the best and I really appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us and it is a story of hope a story of recovery and a story of how cocaine can destroy you but you can bounce back from it which is uh, great to hear Richie thanks very much indeed for talking to us thank you Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk